Uh, I'm going to say no one's better than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Blow up. Welcome, everybody, to the Wednesday Hump Day edition of Locked On Dolphins. Today is July 8, 2020, and today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, managing editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.com. NFL Draft Analyst at thedraftnetwork.com, which naturally means we have to talk a little bit about a mock draft. USA Today's Draft Wire put out a mock draft that gave the Dolphins two picks in the top 10, courtesy of the current Super Bowl lots. Hard to dislike any reading material that provides the Dolphins with all of my favorite things. Mock drafts, offensive weapons, Top 10 selections, prospects, the Miami Dolphins, all of it very prominent. So that's where we're going to start today before we dig into the all-former Dolphins roster comprised of former Dolphins still active in the NFL. And what an interesting exercise this was. So that's what we have to look forward to today. Let's start with this mock draft. USA Today's Draft Wire has released their latest 2021 mock draft which features the Miami Dolphins making two critical selections to the offensive side of the football. Their first selection, courtesy of Luke Easterling, is LSU wide receiver Jamar Chase, who had a monster 2019 season while playing as Joe Burrow's preferred target in the passing game en route to a national championship. The Dolphins' other selection is a bit of a surprise. It's an offensive tackle from Stanford, Walker Little. With the Dolphins picking a lot of offensive linemen who have positional versatility, another offensive tackle may not be out of the question, given the Dolphins' ability to rearrange and reshuffle the offensive line to get the best combo of five. To say that Miami Dolphins fans were greatly invested in the 2020 NFL Draft would be a gross understatement. The understanding of Dolphins fans that this draft was what so much of the groundwork that General Manager Chris Greer and Brian Flores had laid throughout the course of the 2019 season was culminating to was not lost amongst the fans. But Dolphins fans should not sleep on the importance of 2021 because the team is probably going to have Four selections within the top 50 picks. Depending on the success of the Houston Texans, we may see those picks rise or fall up and down the boards. There will be a great deal of variance, and every Miami Dolphins fan should actively be rooting for the Dolphins and whoever's playing the Texans this season. But with four picks in the first two rounds, the Dolphins are going to get a chance to have another influx of talent that will have long-term ramifications on this football team and their success. An opportunity to add a wide receiver like Jamar Chase is an undeniable opportunity that the Dolphins should not balk at 
if he happens to be on the board whenever the Dolphins make their first selection. Draft Wire's draft order utilized the Vegas Super Bowl odds to determine the draft order, and as we see every year, the actual order ends up being quite different. So would it be a complete surprise to see Jamar Chase be nowhere near on the clock when the Dolphins select? Of course. But the Dolphins are going to have ample opportunity to continue to fortify this roster, not just with starters, but with blue-chip players. And what the Dolphins have done and set themselves in position to do is if they deem Stanford's Walker Little, hypothetically, is one of the best players available in the draft, they have the flexibility on their roster to take that player in. Now, of course, there will be questions about who's playing center and which one of your offense are you going to move Robert Hunt to right guard, and then are you going to move Austin Jackson to the left side? Are you going to bring your rookie in and play him on the left side, or are you going to have him switch sides and go on the right side of the football? So there's there's a lot of uncertainty, but that is kind of a good thing because it gives you flexibility. And that was why the Dolphins not necessarily getting an opportunity with the supplemental draft this offseason uh, to make more picks and spend more high capital wasn't necessarily a bad thing either because spending too much capital too quickly cuts down on your long-term flexibility to take things as they come. And make no mistake, this first look by DraftWire at a 2021 first-round mock draft, there were other players available for the Dolphins that would have been equally as good of picks. Micah Parsons, linebacker, is available. If the Dolphins end up not retaining Raekwon McMillan, they want somebody who's more dynamic on all three downs. Micah Parsons is a special football player, the linebacker from Penn State. Some other critical names who would be massive difference makers for the Dolphins. Another wide receiver, Jalen Waddle from Alabama, who has chemistry with Tua Tungabailoa. Running back, Travis Etienne. Interior defensive lineman Marvin Wilson from Florida State, who could potentially step into a true nose tackle role. Another Alabama offensive lineman in Alex Leatherwood, who has experience playing both guard and tackle throughout the course of his career. The list goes on and on and on, and it's, it's an exciting new blend of names and combinations for the Dolphins. And while we should not be glossing over the 2020 season, the understanding that The long-term ramifications of these drafts for the Dolphins is going to make for a very exciting future in 2022, 2023, when these players are maturing and still on young rookie contracts. It's always an exciting time amidst these rebuilding times to look ahead to the next NFL draft as a Dolphins fan. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpets. So whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your front door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and easy to navigate, and you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers alike. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com.
I'll tell you what, guys. It's a damn shame I'm recording this at 9 in the morning because I would love nothing more than a stiff drink right now Uh, because one of the things that I elected to do this week was put together the all-former Dolphins roster for the 2020 season utilizing only active NFL players. So NFL players were making a starting lineup to field a team that are players that used to play for the Miami Dolphins but no longer do so. And uh, you start piecing this thing together, and I'll be damned if this team isn't half bad, which in itself brings us to our larger point of this exercise, and it is that coaching is so much more than just having talent at the NFL level. And think about some of the talented teams that we've seen the Miami Dolphins field over the course of the past decade and and their shortcomings, and many of their own shortcomings were not related to not being good athletes or, or good throwers of the football, or it was simply they were unable to succeed because they weren't put in the best positions to be successful. And that was how I started. I wrote this subject for DolphinsWire.com. And I said, good coaches aren't just able to draw up sufficient play designs. Uh, They're able to motivate, coordinate, communicate, and be self-reflective of how they're implementing their talent and how they're constructing their game plans on a week-to-week basis. And make the necessary adjustments to to put your players in the best position that they can to perform their best on the field. Joe Philbin, Adam Gase, are we going to sit here and pretend either one of these guys did this? With Ryan Tannehill specifically, Joe Philbin tried to make him into Aaron Rodgers and asked him to throw the ball, I think, 35 times or more in 83 of their joint starts together. 83% of their joint starts. Just an astronomical, and like the the Dolphins' offensive line at the time was not good, and yet we continued to try to, and Ryan Tannehill's processor was not overly quick early in his career because he had played wide receiver and then played quarterback for one year. And we're going to sit here and be surprised that Tannehill, with a slow trigger, who's going to hold the ball a little bit longer than he should, who's asked to throw the ball 40-plus times a game with a bad offensive line, is going to get hammered. (laughs) Not setting your players up to be successful. We did the Adam Gase gauntlet. I did that over at the Draft Network last week, looking at Adam Gase, the players who are better without Gase versus what they were with Gase uh, in Miami. And some of these players are going to get a chance to shine here on this all-former Dolphins team. So I put together the roster, and I put a poll out asking Dolphins fans. This went live this morning. Asking them who or what, how many wins you think this team, if it was led by a good coach, say Brian Flores, how many games out of a 16-game schedule this team could win? So here's what I came up with on the offensive side of the ball. We'll start there first, talk about a little bit before we shift to defense. Quarterback, duh. Ryan Tannehill. Running backs, Kenyon Drake and Raheem Mostert. 
who was the feature back with the 49ers down the stretch last year. Uh, Mostert never officially played a snap for the Dolphins, uh, but he was a member of the team in 2015. Wide receivers Kenny Stills and Jarvis Landry, these were pretty straightforward as far as the best talents available in the NFL that used to be members of the team. The tight end possession position sucked. It was like Logan Thomas, Charles Clay, and Clay's a, a free agent, and the guy I ended up settling on is Dwayne Allen, who was with the team last summer. Um, it's, the only reason I picked Dwayne Allen is, is because, honestly, he's probably just going to be a blocker. Um, but this, that was the most difficult position on the offensive side of the ball to fill, which should also not be a surprise to anybody because the Dolphins have been not good at the tight end position, generally speaking, minus this past season for Mike Isecki since Charles Clay in the early 2010s. And before that, it was a really long time before they had a good tight end as well. The offensive line is perhaps the uh, toughest pill to swallow because the line has been so bad. But they've had some talent along the way. Laramie Tunsil, Billy Turner, Mike Pouncey, Richie Incognito, and Juwan James. All current starting offensive linemen for other teams. All former Miami Dolphins. Uh, this offensive line can win you some football games. Tunsil Turner has stabilized his play with the Packers. Uh, Mike Pouncey... You know, it was, price was an issue here. Richie Incognito was the hard pill to swallow, uh, mainly because Incognito got booted out of town in 2013 as a part of the Bullygate scandal, if you'll remember correctly. In that year, it was the Dolphins were 4-4, four and four, Bullygate hits the fan, and Incognito and John Martin, two of the five starters on the offensive line, are gone. Halfway through the season... This team ended up losing by a field goal to a terrible Tampa Bay team that was 4-12. They lost uh, to a 12-4 Carolina Panthers team on a touchdown in the final minute of the game. And they lost their final two games of the season. Uh, they went from 8-6 uh, to 8-8 eight and, eight and got embarrassed against both the Jets and the Bills in late December. So uh, that was a team that could have made the postseason. Uh, but they lost 40% of their starting offensive line. Richie Incognito, obviously, his conduct uh, as a member of the Dolphins, not appropriate for the workplace environment, to put it mildly at best. Uh, and Richie has continued to kind of prove himself to be exactly who we thought he was back then with the time that he spent in Buffalo and some of the off-the-field issues he had there and now with the Raiders and uh, – but he's, he's playing at an extremely high level, Richie Incognito is. So imagine Tunsil, Incognito, Mike Pound, a healthy Mike Pouncey, a healthy Juwan James, uh, which is um, still not completely certain uh, scientific possibility on some years in the calendar. It's the evens and odds years uh, for him. Odds years have not been kind to Juwan James. He seems to always get hurt every year on the odd years. But you could do some damage with this offense, and this offensive line would have been comfortably, cleanly, 
if you could get a full 16 games out of it, which also seemed to be part of the Dolphins' issue with their offensive line, was the depth. Uh, and, and a team that was more committed to running the ball, yeah, we could do something with this. I did find it interesting that most of the core here was was present as recently as 2017. Tannehill, Drake, Stills, Landry, Tunsil, James. Like half the starting offensive line. Turner was there in 2016. Pouncey was here. Vast majority of this offensive group was here as recently as 2017. Which, hey, the 2016 team with you know a fairly healthy offensive line, a commitment to running the ball, and a healthy Ryan Tannehill for 13 games. Uh, they went what eight and five, and then Matt Moore went two and one, and this team made the postseason. At the very least, they made the postseason. Defensively is where I think it gets very interesting, and I think it's it's a very stark contrast to where the Dolphins are now. Here's the here's the names I came up with: uh, Cameron Wake, who's not retired but a free agent; Robert Quinn, who just got a monster contract from the Chicago Bears; Jordan Phillips, defensive tackle, and Dominic Ansu uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Phillips just signed a free agent contract with the Arizona Cardinals. Linebackers. Stunk. Uh, Kiko Alonso, who's with the Saints, bring him back. Stefan Anthony, uh, pipeline with the Saints. He's no longer with a team at all. Uh, but literally, I was greatly distressed trying to find a second linebacker uh, to put together for a lineup. So I went with a nickel defense. Mika Fitzpatrick, of course, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Rashad Jones, free uh, free agent. Michael Thomas, if you remember Michael Thomas, the DB, uh, came into Miami, picked off Tom Brady, like one of his first uh, games with the team. And uh, he's now with the Houston Texans. He spent a couple years in New York with the Giants. Jamar Taylor, cornerback, former Nick. Uh, He spent some time in San Francisco. And Jordan Lucas. If you'll notice, these defensive backs and these linebackers are horrible. The back seven, to say it would be problematic would be putting it extremely kindly. But that kind of highlights the overall issue with the Dolphins over the back half of the decade. The last five seasons, the Dolphins gave up 380 points or more and had a negative point differential in every single one of those seasons. Compare that to where this team is at now with the depth at linebacker, with the depth in the secondary, the embarrassment of riches in the secondary, it's a great place to be relative to where the Dolphins have been because like, I couldn't even get Tony Lippett because Tony Lippett's not with a team. I guess technically Tony Lippett could have qualified here, but these other guys are at least with teams other than Rashad Jones. The options for the back seven were horrible. Now, Robert Quinn, Cameron Wake... Dominic and Sue, Jordan Phillips. It's a nice little for- front four. Cameron Wake, obviously long in the tooth. How well he'd hold up over a full 16-game season is um, speculative, and, and he was injured last year in Tennessee, and I'd still love to see Cameron Wake come back. That's just me, though. So again, I, I put this roster together, and it's not a bad roster. There's some weak spots. The secondary stinks outside of... Uh, Minka, 
The linebackers are horrible. But the offensive, and especially the offensive line, with how bad the Dolphins' offensive line was, it was surprising to see that caliber of talent assemble. So I asked the DolphinsWire.com audience for their votes on um, how well they thought this team would do. And as, as of this point in time, and this article went up not too long ago, so uh, there's not a ton of votes right now. But as of this point in time, nobody thinks this team's going to win 13-plus games. That's fine. Okay, and it's no, I'm nobody's going to argue with you there. Two percent of the votes said thirteen to sixteen games. I said zero to four, five to eight, nine to twelve, or thirteen to sixteen. Two percent saying thirteen to sixteen. The next fewest percentage is ten percent saying zero to four wins. Second most high praise or or voting. Nine to twelve wins. Forty one percent of the vote. Suggesting this is a potential nine, this is a winning club, which I would agree, I would disagree with just based strictly on the secondary alone with Brian Flores. But then again, Brian Flores made a bunch of street free agents last year, uh, go five and four over their final nine games. So you never know. And where I fall, I think this is probably a five or six win club uh, with some of the weaknesses that they have. Five to eight wins is currently gathering 46% of the current vote. So, would love to hear from you. Send your tweets over. Let me know where you think this Dolphins roster of former Dolphins that are still active NFL players stands. You can find me at Grinding the Tape, or the podcast is at Locked on Fins. That is going to do it for us today on the show. Hope you enjoyed this exercise. Hope you enjoyed a little peek into 2021 mock drafts. Maybe not the players that I would have picked for the Dolphins, but that's okay. We will be back doing a mock draft again sooner rather than later here on the show, amongst plenty of other exercises, including tomorrow, me answering one of the questions from Power to the Pod, which was a very, let's say, complicated question, which was Kyle... What would you have done differently this offseason versus what the Dolphins actually did? Um, I look forward to trying to avoid applying the benefit of hindsight to answering that question, but answering that question nonetheless, that will come tomorrow, and then you guys can log your receipts and let me know if I am smart or dumb. Fade towards dumb. That's okay. Uh, once we get into the season and we see what the results look like. Kyle Krabs signing off. Thanks, as always, for listening to Locked on Dolphins. I hope you keep it locked in right here for the rest of the week with Locked on Dolphins. Come on back and see us again tomorrow.